Welcome to the Mind Body Musings Podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. I'm, as always, so excited for another episode, but this time it's with my dear friend Katie Dalebout. I've had her on this show before. We're so fortunate to have her back. So before we head on over, here is the review for the week. This comes from Grace Stella, and she says, You need this podcast in <laughs> your life with five stars. I started listening to this podcast on a whim one day, and now it's part of my daily routine. Maddie is so sweet and kind, and I love that she roots for other women and their confidence journeys. In a world that can feel so negative, it's nice to find some light. So much of what she says resonates with me, and I love starting my morning drive off by listening to her words of encouragement, and it has helped me so much on my self-love journey. Thank you, Grace Stella. Now, for Katie... Through her writing workshops and podcasts, millennial blogger, speaker, and podcast host, Katie Dalebout curates inspired wisdom that guides people to develop a positive image of their bodies by embracing their creativity and personality outside of their physicality. She's a contributor to Refinery29, Mind Body Green, and her work has been featured in Teen Vogue, Glamour, Yahoo Health, and The Daily Mail. Her first book, Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling, is being published with Hay House in April 2016. You can sign up to get her free guide, Quick Start Guide to Wellness Wonderland, and keep in touch with her on her website, or follow her on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I will have all those links on the show notes to this episode. You can find all those at maddiemoon.com slash katie-dalebout. Okay, welcome to the show, my gorgeous, lovely friend, Katie. What's up, Maddie? I'm so happy to be back with you. You know I love you. And it's crazy that the last time I was here was the first time that we were meeting. And here we are, how many, two years later? Something like that? I cannot believe it. Like, I remember you reaching out to me on Instagram saying, hey, let's like meet up on virtual world. And then we did it on, I had you on, you had me on. And ever since then... We have had all these phone calls. I feel like you know me so well, and I know you, and you've helped me in so many different, like, just personal aspects of my life when I struggle. You're one of those people that I just, I can always count on, and I will, I will always appreciate that in you. Yeah, I mean, I think we can be vulnerable with each other, and that makes friendships so much deeper, is when you are vulnerable with someone and you share it opens up the door for them to be able to be vulnerable as well and it makes the the friendship so much different and deeper than if you hadn't allowed that in yourself which mm-hmm. is so important totally agree yeah and you just wrote this amazing book like let it out i am so mm-hmm. i'm so proud of you for 
making this happen, putting yourself out there and being vulnerable with the entire world in this book. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it it's so cool that it's out there. It's wild and it is so fun to watch people have an experience with it because as you know, it's a very experiential book. It's 55 journaling exercises. So I've been saying it's like a scavenger hunt for your mind and it's broken up into a bunch of different categories. So the beginning is called the user manual and it talks about journaling and why I think it's such an underrated free tool for self-expression and really getting to know yourself and self-awareness and it can help you in every area of your life from getting organized to, you know, just really it, it helps you realize the thoughts you're having in your mind, organize them and decide which ones are true and which ones are maybe limiting beliefs you've picked up that are that are holding you back. And so that's why I was so into journaling and I loved it so much. I was telling other people about it pretty often and got a lot of resistance from people that they, you know, weren't writers or wouldn't have anything to say. And that's why I wrote this book is really to give people a tangible thing that kind of dispels that myth and is really interactive. So like I was saying before, it's 55 journaling exercises. So the first part's like a brief user manual and then it's organized into different sections from getting organized to um, revealing something to you, to helping you heal different things, helping you feel your feelings. There, there's so many things. So there's tools from everything from getting cluttered, relationships, breakups, and everything in between. So it's it's really fun. Some of the tools are more fun. Some of them are more serious, but they're all really cool and they're all stuff that I've used. It's kind of like the greatest hits of me that I've learned over the past three years or so. So yeah, I love it. I'm excited about it. And then it's really cool now to have it out there and have people have their really own unique experiences with it because it's not really mine anymore. It's, it's kind of everyone's now, which is really, really neato. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about that, just how that feels to have something as it, it's your baby, like it's your project, it's your thing, then put it out into the world and do you feel as if it is no longer yours? It's like everyone's? Yeah, I really do. I really do. And I like that feeling. You know, I think that's kind of how I feel about everything I put out there. Like with the podcast, you know, it was this in in intimate conversation I had with a friend or a mentor or someone. And then I put it out there for everyone to eavesdrop on. And it's not mine anymore. It's theirs to critique and, you know, find gems out of, find things that they don't like out of. And it's it's theirs to be judged. And I think whenever you do anything creative, if you do something creative and it's just for you, that's fine. That's great. And that's fantastic. And you don't have that element of it. But I think if you do something creative and then share it, you're saying yes to that. You're saying yes to it being critiqued and taken out of context and moved around and, you know, people having their own experience with it. And I've had no negative things happen when I've shared my work really at all. I mean, like knock on some wood, but, um, but people really, you know, resonate with it and they feel, I think people relate to a lot of, a lot of the peppered within the book, um, before each chapter, I guess, or each section is kind of like a personal essay of why I talked about organization with journaling and why I talked about healing and with journaling and, and, you know, what kind of made me do that section for in the book. And, you know, so I'm sharing some personal stuff in there, but the rest of it is really 
experiential. And so that's very much something that, that I can give to other people and everybody's experience will be different. But I think whenever you share of yourself, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, fear of putting that out there, of course. And I I think we've, you know, even talked about this before, but I think for the most part, it's so great when people, it's worth us doing that and taking that risk and that chance, because when people can relate to our story, and I know Maddie, like we, we relate to each other's stories. Um, it's so worth it. It's so powerful to have people relate to what you've gone through and where you are now and feel less alone. And that's why I share. That's why, that's why you share. I think, I think it's, it really is, it comes down to that. I think that kind of sums it all up, you know? Absolutely. So before we go too far into the topic of this amazing creation that you have put out into the world, let's talk about just your background, your story for people that are new to the show or haven't listened to that first episode. Give us some insight into how you got to where you are now. Yeah, so I'll give like a shorter version and you can feel free to like pull out anything that you want me to. And if people really want more, they can, they can find that easily on your, on your podcast. We can put that one in the show notes maybe. But basically I was in college and, and throughout my life, I really struggled with body image. It was something that, you know, from a very young age, when I was about eight years old, I was, I remember first communion dress shopping with friends and I maybe even younger than that, I don't know, like second grade, whatever age you are then. And the other girls were a size eight and I was a size 10. And I remember that just being mortified by that fact. And it really, really got in my head at that moment that I was different. And I grew up in a family where my family struggled with their weight a lot. And it was, it wasn't really spoken about. My mom was really very, you know, body, never body shaming to me in any way. But I just know she didn't feel great about herself. And it was something that I just feared. I feared from that young age that I just thought my fate was to be in this body that I didn't want to be in. And I was, I had made it bad. I'd, I'd made myself so scared of it from this very young age. And so I just really had a bad, a bad image of myself and compared myself to my friends constantly and my, the way that I felt. But it, but nothing really changed physically about me. I I was around such supportive, amazing people in high school and in middle school. And we talked about this, I think before is that you don't really have control over your food and your life until you really are in college or I didn't really, I didn't, I was, you know, not the one paying for the grocery shopping. And I was obviously living at home as a child. And, you know, I didn't have the ability to exercise, you know, other than what I could do in my life. So it wasn't really, it didn't really like become too big of an issue. It was something always there looking back, but it wasn't really this huge issue. And then freshman year of college, I gained some weight and I, that really freaked me out. And from there, I really just went on this like tailspin of like, how can I lose a lot of weight and how can I do it quickly? And I just did it in very unhealthy ways. I was doing lots of cleansing and lots of just crazy stuff. I don't even, it's not even worth talking about. And then I, and I was, you know, just restricting my diet in all, in all sorts of ways. And then it, it just spiraled and spiraled and spiraled and snowballed until it was a really big issue. And it was a really big eating disorder by the end of college. And it was something that couldn't be ignored at that time. And, and because other people could see it, it was very, it was very physical and it was very, 
drastic and it was very jarring for people. And, and then I was very, very unhealthy and I was in the doctor's office and I was, you know, from there I had to heal that. I had to learn about, and I, and at that time I, I had moved away from very unhealthy, what, you know, in quotes, unhealthy dieting. I think all dieting is unhealthy, but I had moved towards what I thought at the time was healthy dieting. Right. So I see that now, but at the time I just thought it was I just thought it was, oh, I'm just healthy now. Like, yeah, I'm underweight, but like, I'm just being really healthy. And so my, you know, anorexia transitioned into orthorexia. It was probably a sprinkle of both in there, but it's a slippery slope. But it was very much like at that time I was eating. It wasn't that I wasn't eating, but it was, I was just very much restricting and my my weight just, you know, got lower and, and it wasn't helping me. You know, I was so restrictive and I was so crazy around food. And then, I, at that point, you know, really had to go inward to heal this. And I was surrounded by people. I was surrounded by mentors and coaches and therapists and, you know, really treating this, like in this treatment, healing this. And I remember that summer, I was very, very in the midst of it. And I was in a bookstore and I had a gift card and I was in the self-help section, probably trying to find an answer to anything, probably looking at diet books, who knows. And I just saw over across the way, the stationary section. And I wandered over there. I saw this colorful journal and I don't know why I was like, I'm going to buy that and I'm going to write in it. And nobody told me to do it. But I realized in that moment that I, even though I was surrounded by people, I felt very much alone and I had mentors around me, but I needed to become my own mentor. And I started journaling. I started writing authentically and really about these negative thoughts I had in my mind or these things clouding my mind that I wasn't able to share with anyone, even, you know, someone safe, like a therapist or a mentor or a close friend, because you know, there's always that slight level of fear of being judged. And with my journal, when it was just me, that went away. And I could be completely transparent. I could be completely unfiltered and raw. And I wasn't filtering anymore because I'm such a people pleaser that I wanted my therapist to like me. And with the journal, I could be so raw and real. And it just became super cathartic for me. And at the time, you know, simultaneously to all of this, I was blogging at the time. And, you know, I was really trying to figure out who I was and what I was doing. So there's a lot of simultaneous stuff happening throughout that. But that's really what brought me to journaling. And then from there, my life just started to improve. I started to figure out who I was and what I was into outside of being the healthy girl, outside of being the, you know, this person who identified as being skinny or identified as being whatever. I I realized who I was. And then I was able to share that with the world and I ended up starting a podcast and fast forward a bit and then I got the book deal and met you and and here we are talking. (laughs) Such a powerful story. I love your story in so many different ways. I I can think back to my own and like, oh yeah, I remember what that was like. But journaling, I'm interested to hear from you that very first session you had, you bought the journal, Mm -hmm. taking it home. And you're putting yeah. pen to paper. Would you remember that first time? And like, what, how did you write and how did you feel afterwards? Oh, that's such a good question. I do actually. I remember where I was. It's one of those moments, you know, where you're like, remember where you were and what you were wearing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, 
Like when, like, like I remember where I was when Michael Jackson died, you know, like that sort of thing. Like you just like have in your mind for some reason. So yeah, I do. I remember it exactly. I was sitting outside and, and what I did was, and what I always tell people to do when you're getting started with journaling, and this is basically what I, I did is if you ask yourself a good question, you'll get a good answer and you'll get to speak with your intuition directly. And, and that's what I did. I, I sat down and I just asked myself, simply how I was feeling, which I hadn't really let out of me in, I didn't even know when. And so I started to just let out my like real thoughts, real feelings, real emotions onto the paper and started to just, even though I was disgusted by some of them, even though some of them were so awful and negative and terrible, but they were how I felt. And I was too scared to share that with anyone, but I got it out of my mind onto the page. And I was like, all right, that's a, and I started to self-soothe. After a while, I, I let that out. I got it out and I was able to skim the pond scum on the top of the pond. So you know how if there was, you know, a pond with a bunch of like lily pads and muck, I was able to skim that off the top and get to the clear water underneath. And that's kind of what I did with my mind. I was able to skim away all that negative stuff, all the old beliefs, all the fear, all the worry, all the negativity, and get to the clear thought forms underneath, which was soothing to me. And it it was able to be like, you know, basically it's like, you know, yesterday was horrible, but today is better. And I was able to get to that point from letting out the gunk first. And and from there, you know, clear ideas come in, clarity. And and I was able to self-coach myself. I was able to self-soothe. And I was able to get to know, you know, who who I was beyond those negative beliefs because I had to first let them out and then I could, then I could get through them. And, and that was really, really cathartic. And what it felt like to answer the second part of your question is just like, and, and I know you've had this experience, Maddie, cause we've had it with each other, but that feeling when you have a situation happen in your life, maybe you had like a weird day or a weird date or something weird happened at work or you feel weird about your body or whatever it is. And you have like a super safe friend and you call your friend and you, or you text your friend even, and you're just like, dude, this is what happened. I feel like this. It's crazy. I have guilt. I have shame around this and I'm sharing it with you. And as soon as I, when that happens to me and I have a conversation with a friend like that and I'm vulnerable and real and I share that and I out that, as soon as I hang up the phone after that conversation, I feel such relief. I feel lighter. It feels so cathartic to me. And that's how I felt, you know, on a little bit of a different level, even with journaling, because even with friends, even with therapists, like I said, I filter because I'm afraid of what people think. And, you know, I'm still honest. And and the more I know someone, the realer I can be. But there's still that little bit of filtering where there was none of that with my journal. And that was really beautiful. And it's not that like journaling is better than talking to friends or that you don't need to talk to friends if you have a journal because I don't think that's the case at all. But what I do believe is that you can go even deeper than with your friends if sometimes you sort through some of the some of the scum on your own. And so then you don't even need to cover that. You can just go even deeper to the next layer and the next layer and the next layer because you're able to understand it and have more self-awareness and clarity coming to that conversation. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And this makes me think of, I'm trying to like think of how to describe this thought that I'm having, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Tell me if you were kind of like this, because I have always been the type of person where I need to write something down for it to be real. Almost yes. like if I worked out, but I didn't have it on my schedule, 
then I didn't really work out. <laughs> like that's how my disordered self was, you know, five years ago. I'd have to write things down like, okay, today I did this workout and keep it in a journal and like always have it written down or like I'd need to write down my every the, the way I ate or type into my calorie counting app, like all those disordered things I did, right? So, so bad and unhealthy for me. But what's interesting is when I started writing down my feelings it's like it, it helped me. Like those writing down those other things hurt me, but then writing down my feelings helped me. And I never really knew if maybe it was part of having like control and understanding where I was at mentally or if it was a release and a letting go. And I think it's both. Um, but it's just so weird how keeping record of certain things in your life can be damaging because you take it too far, but then keeping record of other things can just be so cathartic and healing. Yeah, I mean, I think for sure it sometimes I think we're wired like you and I like you explaining that I think some of us are wired that way. Like I've always been a note taker and I'm very like I like to write things down. It helps me process them. It helps me learn. It helps me just in general. I've always been that type of a person, but not everyone who's that type of a not everyone is like us, you know, I think not everyone is that way. But I think journaling is a little bit different because in some ways, it's the same. In some ways, it's like processing what happened to you. But in other ways, I think it can help you go deeper and, and speak to, literally have a conversation with your intuition. And that part of journaling, I think, is really valuable and really interesting. And that part of the conversation is where I think the sweet spot of things is. I think that's where, you know, it's good to just try for everyone because it's a step above, you know, just writing down. People often ask me, you know, what's the difference between like a diary and a journal? And I always say that like, you know, a diary entry is like, this is what happened to me today and writing that out. And I think of a journal entry as being like, this is how I feel about what happened to me. And this is what I'm going to do about how I'm feeling about what's happened to me. And that distinction, I think, makes journaling a bit more powerful and really like helps people use it in this really interesting, powerful way. But at the end of the day, it's all good. I think it's like, follow what makes you feel good. Writing made me feel really good. And it still does. And I still use it to process the world. And it's something that is so helpful to me. And if people try it and, you know, you know, if they want some more handholding or, you know, the book is great for that. That's why I wrote it. But I think, you know, people can start right now just to try it out. And it's like as simple as ask yourself a good question and you'll get a good answer. You know, if you ask yourself a not a yeah, I guess I'll say a bad question, you'll get a bad answer. So what I mean by that is like you ask yourself a question like, why is everything so terrible? Why is my life awful? Right. Your brain will find evidence to support that question, right? It'll be like, well, it's terrible because X, Y, and Z in your house and this and that and your body and blah, and it'll like tell you all these bad things, right? But if you've reframed the question to say, you know, how can I improve from my current situation? Your intuition can come forward and give you advice. It can be like an inner mentor. And I think that's really powerful. And so I think that exercise is really good. But at the same time, I think what I was talking about before about just letting out that gunk and really talking about where you're at is important, is an important step that cannot be missed. And I think it's important, but I think staying there too long can be triggering, can be too intense, can be 
can just be unproductive. I think no, and we all know, you know, what is we are all smart people listening to this. You're listening to Maddie. You're smart. I think it's like, all right, you know, you've been in the negative too much. Just shift and, and you know, reframe to the positive and, and move things around a bit. I think it's just like it's being smart and being kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And for for me and writing, this is kind of funny. For it's unfortunate to me, but I. So I love writing. I've been a writer since I was three years old, like always telling my mom what I wanted her to write down on a piece of paper so we could make a book together. Mm -hmm. And like when I was going through my uh, – automatically I say orthorexia. No, when I was going through my Lord of the Rings phase, (laughs) like totally different. When I was obsessed with Lord of the Rings, I like wrote the – the fourth Lord of the Rings book because I wanted, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I had to write the next one. I've always loved, loved, loved writing, but I hate my handwriting, hate it. So I stick to the computer almost for everything. And I feel a little bit sad that I don't write in an actual journal because when I do that, I spend so much time trying to like fix my handwriting and make it look nice that I I miss out on the beauty of just like expressing myself because I'm so self-conscious about my handwriting I think I think I've always been kind of made fun of for it and it's like a it's it's really like a second grade year old boy it's so bad for being such a writer but the minute I put my hands to my keyboard everything flows out so naturally because I don't even care I'm not focused on that well, then that for you, this is perfect. So in the book, there are different tools that, well, I say that it's wherever you're most comfortable, right? So it does, you don't have to do it on your computer. You don't have to do it on your phone. You don't have to do it on a piece of paper. You don't have to do it in a journal. You can do it anywhere that feels comfortable. It's good. All of them are the same. Literally anything that makes you feel most comfortable. For, for, for Maddie, it's probably on the computer, obviously, you know? Mm-hmm. And actually in the book, there are certain tools that need to be done on the computer and some that you know, I think are good on a piece of paper. I think there is something wonderful about that hand to page movement and just not judging, learning to not judge yourself, I think is, is important sometimes, but I I don't think it's necessary. I think that I, I journal on my computer often. And a lot of times I'll just open a document, write it, write in it and then delete it right away. Cause I don't need it. I, I don't need to go back. It was cathartic for me to do. And then I'm done. And the impermanence of that, knowing I'm going to do that allows me to be more raw, more real, more unfiltered in what I'm writing. Cause I know it's, I'm going to delete it in two seconds. That mm-hmm. impermanence is really powerful. And then sometimes, you know, I mine it for gems or gold or, you know, like an idea I might want to use in a blog post or an idea of a conversation I need to have with someone to improve my life or whatever it is and or to-do list. And I'll mine that and I'll take it out. But I think, you know, sometimes I do my best journaling in my phone, you know, or I'll voice journal. Um, I think it's whatever you feel comfortable doing it. And I, but I really do truly believe that it's powerful for every single person. I think it really ignites the creative impulse that we all have as human beings. And it's powerful. However you're writing, whether it's with your, with a pen or on your computer or on your phone or voice journaling, I think it's really, really powerful. And I'm so glad you shared that. I'm so glad you brought that up. What are some of the other reasons people say for not journaling that they don't want to journal because of this or that what what do you have to say to those those reasons yeah another big one is usually the one of 
I'm not a writer. I wouldn't have anything to say. You know, I sit down and I don't have anything to say or I'm not creative, something like that. And what I say to that is, you know, my answer is always this type of writing is innate to you. If you can write a text message, you can journal. If you can write an email, you can journal. This is simply writing how we speak. So if you can have a conversation with someone, you can have a conversation with yourself. And that's essentially what journaling is. It really is just a conversation with yourself. It's a conversation with your higher self someday. Some days it's a conversation with not your lower self, but maybe like your ego, right? Where you're just letting out the junk. And I think both of them are valuable. Having that conversation with your ego is valuable to be like, what is it? You know, that's kind of like your inner child. It's kind of like your inner, it's your fear, you know, and sometimes you're letting that run the show, but sometimes it just wants to be listened to. And so by letting it out, that's the title of my book, but by literally letting it out, letting your ego speak on the page, sometimes it's like, all right, well, I said what I was going to say, I can shut up now and stop making you so stressed, you know? And then your higher self, your intuition can come forward and be like, dude, don't worry about A, B, and C it's all going to be cool, you know, and it'll give you some direction and some pointers about why. And I think that act of doing that is so beautiful and cathartic and easy to everyone, but can be intimidating to people to sit down and, and do that. Because at the end of the day, I think, you know, the excuse of I wouldn't have anything to say is actually code for I have a lot that I would say and I don't want to see it. I don't want to feel those feelings, right? Because mm -hmm. the act of journaling is really an act of being with yourself. Like you really have to be with yourself. You really have to be present. And it's one of the few things in life now in our fast moving society where you have to be completely present. You know, you can multitask all day with podcasts and audiobooks, and, and obviously both of us love all of those things. Um, but you know, this act really, you can't really be doing that many things when you're journaling, right? You really are feeling your feelings and writing them down. That's it. And we don't want to feel the feelings we don't want to feel, right? So we, many of us eat over them, overeat over them, or not eat over them, or over-exercise over them, or get in relationships over them, or we cope, right? You know, and, or, drugs or alcohol or whatever. There's so many things we can do over them. I've done some of all of them, right? But at the end of the day, eventually you're going to have to feel your feelings. We all are. And that act of doing that, of journaling, it's intense. Sometimes I don't want to do, I don't feel like doing it, but sometimes I feel pregnant with something I need to process. And I have to do it. I have to eventually let it out or it just gets trapped in our bodies as fear and can, you know, even result in like illness or, you know, disease because we're like fearful of something that might not even be true or maybe is okay. Or maybe, you know, shame and guilt dissipate once it's shared, you know, with another person. And so I think sharing it with yourself, getting honest with yourself first, having that self-awareness first is kind of the first step to being comfortable to even share it with someone else, someone safe. And so that's what I tell people is that this type of journaling is innate to us. And if you feel like you can't do it or you feel like it's not for you or you feel like you don't have anything to say, really get honest with yourself about that because you probably have a lot to say. You might just not want to hear it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. I love that. And I've been just thinking about what you said earlier as well, the difference between writing a diary and journaling. And I think whenever I do decide, okay, I'm going to journal, I end up 
writing a diary. I end up doing, I don't know what the verb would be, diarying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's what I end up doing. So I'm like, this is what happened, this is what happened, this is what happened. And it's kind of tedious to take on because so many things happen between the, you know, the first time I, I, I write and the second time I write. It, I could go a week and then I'm like, oh, I've got to write all these things that have happened lately. But it's more than that. It's about your feelings. And that's something that I don't often remember going into it. I think of it more of a recap. And I, I believe that's because when I was younger, my mom forced me and my sister to keep a picture diary. Like at all times, she'd make us draw like our day at the park, our day at the zoo, that time that we got ice cream. Like we would have to draw uh-huh. everything. And it's very cute and very sweet. But you know the time I hated yeah. it because I was like, ah, oh, I have to draw my like that event from the other day and like we had to do it. It was forced. And I know my mother like just wanted us, that was her having us express our creativity. Wasn't really my choice of creativity. But I think since those days, I'm kind of, uh, I associate journaling with writing about an event, like a diary, Mm -hmm. right? And that's something that I'm, that's coming to light for me right now thinking maybe that's why I get a little hesitant whenever I want to to journal because I think it's like just this is what happened blah yeah, blah that's blah, so blah. Funny. yeah and that's it's so funny it's not about that it's about how I feel and, and hearing that kind of takes a for me it takes a weight off my shoulders because yeah it's just less that I have to keep track of well what's really interesting and I'm realizing now because a lot of people Lately, have been obviously talking to me about journaling a lot with this book being out. I've been having a lot of conversations like this. And the interesting thing is that I, people, you know, have been like thinking I'm like this journaling expert, which I'm not. I'm just a journaling enthusiast, you know. I I think it's not something that anyone can be an expert in. It's just something I enjoy and want to share. And that's really all I do with my work. But I was never a journaler growing up. I found this way later in life. I never had a diary. I never did in middle school or high school or or college. Like I found this very recently, you know, at the end of college. And I didn't ever write about what was happening in my life. I only ever wrote about my feelings. And so I think looking at it from a new, I'm excited for you to like have an experience with it now, Maddie, because I think it'll be really good for you to, you know, explore some of the exercises in the book or something like maybe on the plane with your travels and and just kind of see how it goes for you. Because when you ask yourself a question about your feelings and what happened doesn't matter. Like I don't ever write about what happened. Like I just don't do that. I write about how I feel in the moment and and that's that's what's cathartic for me. I don't I don't know how writing about what happened in your day unless it was like how you felt about it is helpful. Mhm. Yeah, it sounds more anal to me. Like keeping track of my life so I know everything that happened. Kind of like the the stuff I would do with my food. Like this is real, this is what happened and I would write yeah. down events cuz it's like you know, sometimes when I when I write down cuz I like you said some of the best journaling is done on your phone when you just quickly write something down. I have done some embarrassing things in my life and to get my mind off it, I've whipped out my phone and I've quickly written down, blah, blah, just happened. Oh my gosh. I am so embarrassed. I'm humiliated. 
But then the minute I just put my phone away, I'm like, oh, I feel so much better. And that's because I was writing my feelings, not because I was writing blah, blah happened, period, and then done, because that doesn't help mm-hmm. anyone. But like writing out, I'm embarrassed. Oh, my gosh, this is awful. Like that, that is the part of it that helped me. And that's really cool to remember. That's really cool to, to be able to see and identify. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you do have a million and one different types of journaling that you can do, and I love it. I think it's so fascinating. Can you maybe tell us one or two different journaling, uh, what would it be called, different journaling sectors in in your book, like like different ways to journal or reasons to journal? Yeah, I mean, with the book, it's broken up into 55 journaling tools. So they're different exercises that people can actually go through. So there's tools about getting organized. There's a tool for decluttering. There's a, there's one tool all about gratitude journaling. And I call it like the gratitude journaling tool on steroids. It's like every type of gratitude journaling could ever possibly want ever. And then there's a tool about, um, there's tools about relationships. There's tools about feeling your feelings. There's tools about, you know, talking to God or your intuition. There's, there's tools about literally everything and how, how they work is that, you know, there are different questions to ask yourself and different like activities that you kind of have to do. That's why it really is like a scavenger hunt with yourself. And you know, what's cool is it can be done one by one, or it can be done, you can flip open to anyone and just see what you need, or you can search through the table of contents for a certain like issue in your life. And whatever it is, I think it can be really useful. But, you know, to give people one right now that the ones on the, in the book really have a lot of steps, but one people can do right now, you know, is just, just to simply focus on what the good stuff is throughout your day. And like, as if you were going to have to write it down later, and it, that will force you to notice the good as it's happening. It will force you to shop for the good in your life and therefore create more of it because what we focus on grows. So I think that's, you know, just one thing people can, can leave with. And, you know, there's a lot more intricate things in the book, but the biggest thing, you know, that I was saying before to to start is, is just simply ask yourself a good question and you'll get a good answer. And if you need help with those questions, you know, we've got a book with a bunch, but I think that's that's really the jux of it. And with these questions, are they mostly ones that you came up with on your own or obviously inspired by other sources, but you put them down and like they're really original to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote the book, um, just me and you'll you'll see, you know, when you when you see the format of it, you know, kind of how it works. But yeah, I made them all up because they they worked on me and I tried them on over the years on the people that I mentor and the clients that I worked with and, and friends and at first I was kind of like, Oh wow, you like that too? No way, oh my god, it wasn't <laughs> just me. That's so cool. And then I put it into a book and now I'm having that experience a lot where people are like Wow, that and I'm like, oh my god, I just made that up. That's so weird. You know, so amazing. Yeah, so it's so cool. amazing. I, it's just so cool. Like you're the journal girl. <laughs> like that's who you are, and it's amazing. Like to have that source, and, and I, I've never heard of a book like this before with so many different tools. So I, I for one, am very excited for everyone to listen to this because I, I do have a lot of journaling exercises that I do with my programs, my courses, and with my clients. So I know it does work wonders. Mm-hmm. It's very powerful. I kind of have the same, the same group of uh, like exercises that I like to stick to because I know they work. But this is going to be awesome to dive deeper into your book and just find so many more. 
Um, so switching gears a little bit before we head on over to the quick fire round, I want you to tell us about your, your routine, like your morning routine, your self care routine. Cause you're just one of those people that I admire and I look up to and I seek for help and wisdom when I put those things aside because you're, you're very in tune with your body and what you need and you know what works for you on a daily basis, like what's good to include in your life, what you want to exclude from your life. So tell us just about like your morning routine and how you like to start your day. Oh, I love that question. You know I asked that on my podcast too. So it's it's one of my favorite things to talk about. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for me is that I'm really gentle with myself about it changing and about it being flexible and about it changing with the seasons and with you know, how I'm feeling about what I have on my plate. Um, so it changes all the time. And I used to be very militant about it. it. Like I said, I asked that question to everyone who comes on my podcast and I would get a million different answers and then think I needed to do all of those things, you know? And so then my morning routine was like going until 4 PM where I was like, I got to oil pull and I got to have warm lemon water and then I got to exercise and then I got to dry brush and then I've got to, you know, stand on my head and then I got to do yoga and then I got to meditate and journal and months, ah, five <laughs> o'clock, you know, and it's time for bed. Um, so now I'm just really chill about it. You know, I think with the seasons, it definitely changes. So, you know, this winter I was waking up very early and going to a bar class and, you know, getting home and then meditating and, you know, drinking some tea and getting into my day. But, you know, lately it's more I've been waking up. Sometimes I'll go exercise very early in the morning. I have a very busy schedule right now um, in my life. And so I have to, you know, really use every ounce of, of the 24 hours I've been given to get as much done as I can. And so I, I would wake up very early and, you know, usually do some sort of a workout um, and then come back home and I meditate. I, I do TM meditation, so transcendental meditation, which is something that came into my life um, somewhat recently, just in the last year. And it just is the meditation that really works for me. It's 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening with a mantra, and you get trained one-to-one. -one, and it's something that I'm, I'm really passionate about because it helps me. But I do that every morning. That's my non-negotiable. But some days I'll sleep in a little bit later. And what I really like doing is just waking up and putting on my coat and going on a walk and listening to a podcast or an audiobook that is really inspiring to me and I'm really excited about listening to. And I love long walks. Like long walks are my favorite way to exercise or like my favorite way to spend my time. I love calling friends on long walks and I don't just do that in the morning, but I love doing it in the morning. And then I always meditate somewhat quickly in the morning. And then I'll usually, um, well, the first thing I do before all of that is I drink a bunch of water. So I'll just like drink a bunch of water first. And then I'll do that other stuff I just said. And then, and I brush my teeth and I, I'm really giving like this detailed, but I'm, <laughs> I brush my teeth and I scrape my tongue because I have to do that. And then I, those are like the non-negotiable things is like the water, the tongue scrape, the meditation, the like workout thing kind of changes. And then I, I always get dressed. I work from home, but I always get dressed because I, you know, I think this is maybe something I heard from you or, or on your podcast even, but I think it was, I think it was in the Andy Mitchell episode of your podcast, but she says this thing where like she always gets dressed for the day. And because when you don't, it's like 
if you're choosing to wear yoga pants, you're choosing it to be like that sort of a day, you know, like it's going to be a, you're making a choice, you know? And so I really try to, some days I do stay in yoga pants and that's, that's fine. And I feel fine doing that, but I try to, you know, not make that every single day. And I try to get dressed and, and because if I do, then I'll be more apt to leave the house and go work from a coffee shop or go out with friends later or whatever. If I just stayed in my sweaty pants, then I might not do that. So I always get dressed before I have breakfast because I know that I just like won't want to if I don't get it done early. And then I usually just, you know, have some tea. I, I love herba mate tea, really hot and really strong. And I will always eat something before I caffeinate. So then I, I like, it just helps me because I'm really susceptible to caffeine and I like get really shaky. <laughs> so, um, so I, yeah, I just will like eat something for breakfast and I'll have some caffeine and I will usually watch a YouTube video while I do that because that's what I like to do. And I, my favorite thing is like, um, interviews like NPR, like the Canadian, um, studio Q interviews. I really like listening to those sorts of things and hopefully learning something or maybe it's like a pop culture thing. And then the first task I do is always like something creative. So I try to like write something first and I don't look at my inbox. This is something that I definitely, I think shared with you, Maddie too, um, as I do something creative first before I get into my inbox. And then when I do go into my inbox, I go in with a mission of like, okay, and I always have like a to-do list. Usually I do my like journaling, writing in the morning and I'll be like, all right, I need to send this email to this person, follow up with this person. I literally search my inbox instead of just like going through it in the order that they came in because then I'm just responding to the requests of others all day and I'm not following my to-do list. I'm following their to-do list, which usually aren't urgent things. So that tip really has helped me and I always have to remind myself of that every day. So yeah, that's kind of my full morning. I'm that was long, but that's everything. <laughs> oh, I love it. So many good things in there. And, and what you just said right now in particular, you're following their to-do list, not yours. I'm going to have to write that down because you have shared this with me, but it's so easy for me to just get caught up in that inbox and like mm. responding to people and I'll go in, I'll open my computer planning on doing like editing a, a podcast and then that, that inbox gets me. It gets me every time. And I'm just like, Oh, I got to get to it. And every yeah. time though that I do honor myself and I go with what I need to get done first done. Um, so, so rewarding. Like I just feel so much better. And, and then those to do's for some reason feel less. I mean, those emails feel less urgent. Like they're almost like a distraction and it's like a, yeah, a choice a distraction. Yeah. They're a great way to procrastinate and tell yourself you're getting stuff done while you're procrastinating, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, I had a week last week where Monday was amazing. Like, I didn't check email all, but I got so much done. Like, I got done everything I needed to get done, but my inbox got crazier and crazier by the moment. And the interesting thing about that was that I – felt so productive even though I hadn't checked one email and my inbox got even bigger because I was actually doing the stuff that I needed to get done. And then, you know, later in the week I had to make up for that a little bit and I had kind of like email overwhelm, but it was good because I got that done. And so, you know, it's something that I, I have to constantly tell myself, but ideally I would do email only in the afternoon. You know, I really, I'm fresher in the morning. I have more energy in the morning that's just how I roll. So I need to be doing the creative stuff, the stuff that needs requires more of me. And then the emails, the responding to other people, the scheduling, because a lot of the stuff in my inbox, at least is 
it's like mindless. It's it's a lot of times it's scheduling podcasts. It's scheduling right. time with people. It's back and forth of like, can you do here? And then I need your this and that. Can you send me this? Let me send this file. It's like, it's just like correspondence. You know, it doesn't take much energy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take much, you know, there's never really, I've never had an email that's required like a lot of thought really, you know, it's usually just kind of easy stuff or, you know, let me get back to you or whatever. So it doesn't need to be done in the morning for me. It's something that I can handle later in the day. And I have to make that choice again and again and again to like remember not to get to it right away. And it's something that, you know, I'm constantly forgetting, but I am reminding myself all the time and I know I feel better and I feel more productive and I get more done when I prioritize my stuff that I need to do creatively over that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love that. So before we go to the quick fire round, can you let everyone know where they can get the book and connect with you online? Cool. Yes, I would love to. So you can get the book at Amazon and Barnes and Noble and anywhere that you shop. Um, the links to everything is on my website, but I would say too, you know, go to the bookstore and if they don't have it on the shelves and they're out, ask them to order it. That like helps so much. Um, and, and yeah, please check out the book. I really love it so much. So that'd be really cool. And you can also find me online. Um, my website's katiedevlet.com. I'm sure Maddie can hook you up in the show notes with a link to that. But yeah, that's, that's where I am. And then on social media too. I love me some social media, Snapchat's my fave. I'm at Katie Dalebow, um, but I'm also on Instagram, which I love as well, and Facebook and Twitter and, you know, everywhere. But Maddie will hook you up, and we're friends, so we'll we'll probably be together on those soon, which you will see, hopefully. Yes. Um, but, yeah, that's where you can find me. Thank you so much for having me, Maddie. This is this is so much fun, and I, I love being here with you. Yeah, of course. This is uh, – anytime I can connect – can connect with you. I want to do it. So everyone listening to this, um, like she said, this, the show notes will hold all these links. I know I used to do like the link to the show notes being MBM and the number of the episode. I'm not going to do that anymore because that's just extra work for me. It's just going to be the first name of the guest dash the last name of the guest. So this will be one of the first times I do this. So for this show note, maddiemoon.com slash Katie dash Delbout. Got it? got it you can also just go to my website and then it'll be there right there all right so uh that's a little announcement google it people just google it you'll find it you'll find us we're very googleable okay quick fire round time you're the person that inspired me to do these by the way because i love i loved yours and i was like that just seems fun so i love doing this part now Yay. Okay. I hope I can, hope I can handle this. I hope I can do well. You're going to rock it. Some are really easy. Some are a little bit deeper, but okay. First one is an easy one. Kind of two material things you cannot live without. And I think I know one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're going to say a journal. Is that Um, what you're I would guess that, but I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's so, that's a good one. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. I don't know if I would have, that should have come to mind, but yeah, a journal for sure. Yes. That's yes. That is one. Um, gosh, I like, I want to say my iPhone, but that's so boring. So I want to say something else, but yeah, I mean my iPhone, I bet like everybody says that, but I feel like my iPhone, cause like I could get so much on that. I could talk to people on that and I can watch things on that. So yeah, I'll say a journal in my iPhone. What does body freedom mean to you? Mm. It's feeling beautiful regardless of 
changing circumstances and looking at yourself like you would look at a tree and not thinking, you know, this is a very old tree or this is a very large tree instead of just thinking, wow, that's a beautiful tree just because it's a tree and looking at yourself kind of in that same way. Yes. Besides Let It Out, because obvi, what is another must-read book? Ooh, cool. Uh, I really love so many books, but I can only give one, so I'll say Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic, that came out last fall. I loved it so much, and I love her and everything she writes. Can you believe I still have not read that? You've got to. I know. I'm. That's going to be, after I finish yours, that's going to be my next book. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I, okay. love, I love her so much. If you could interview anybody, who would it be? And I guess pick someone that you haven't interviewed because you're an interviewer, so. Oh, yeah. I've been thinking about this question a lot. Um, one person is Terry Gross. I could say a million people to this question, but Terry Gross, she hosts Fresh Air on NPR, and she's probably the most fantastic interviewer that I've ever seen, um, well, heard, I guess. And I would love to interview her about interviewing, and I think she would just be a very interesting person in general. She seems very cool. I could say a million people to answer that question, but she came to mind, so I'll say her. What is a future dream you're working towards? Hmm. Freedom in time and life and traveling and just having the like time and space and freedom to go where I want to go and stay. And, and then also just making my life, my focus. I think I've been very, I was talking to you a little bit about this before and I'm being vulnerable right now to say like, I've been very career focused for the past several years. And right now starting um, effective immediately, I'm really focused on my life and my building community. And that's the dream that I have is like this really close knit tight community of people around me. And, and I have that to some extent, but I just want to deepen that and grow that and open that up even more and allow it to really feed me and nourish me in the ways that I feel starved. Yeah. It sounds weird to say, but I'm like super proud of you for that, for just being able to realize that and see what's going on and what you're really craving. So yay. Thank you. Me too. Let's see. What is the best movie you've watched in the past month? Oh, that's hard because I haven't watched as many movies this month as I would have liked to. I love watching movies, but gosh, the past month. That's a good question. Um, I might have only seen like one movie, but I guess I'll just say that. I watched this really great documentary. I'm actually only halfway through it, but about Nora Ephron and Nora Ephron is this like prolific, amazing writer. And she wrote so many amazing movies like when Harry met Sally and sleepless in Seattle. And, um, just, she's just this really beautiful memoirist and she's super famous. And she died on unexpectedly to a lot of people. And her son made this documentary about her life and it's on HBO go. And I recently got HBO go and I've been watching it and it's fascinating to me and I love her and she's kind of like an idol to me. So yeah, I've been liking that and kind of by default, that's my answer. Cause I haven't been watching too many movies this month. <laughs> <laughs> what is a country that you really want to visit and it's next on your list? Ooh, gosh, everywhere I want to visit Maddie. I really want to go everywhere, but 
Oh, what's coming to mind first? Uh, I'll say I'll go with I really want to go to London. I think I really want to go to England. I've never been there. I think that would be really fun. Can I say two? Yeah, go for it. Okay, because that seems really fun. But also, I really want to go to like where you're about to go, like Mm -hmm. Thailand and Bali and Asia. And I've never been over there. And I also think too, um, I have a friend who's traveling right now, and I've just been like stalking her Snapchat. She was just in, um, she was in Bangkok, and then now she's in. Um, Japan, and I think Japan would be really cool. I think like Asian countries would be really, really cool. So yeah, I want to go everywhere though. So that's a really hard question for me. Well, if you ever want to go to Asia, I'm your girl because I'm obsessed yes. with Asia. It's weird to think that when this is airing, I'll be there. Yeah, just so crazy. So um, crazy. We'll go together someday. I know. Um, I can see it happening. Yes, I can see us doing a retreat or something. Yeah. How cool would that be? So cool. So okay. Cool. Currently, what is your favorite meal? Ooh, good. Favorite meal. Mm. So, I mean, the answer I always say, I eat like very boring. I kind of eat the same things all the time. I love pumpkin seed butter and apples dipped in it, but I always say that. So I'm going to try to like say something else. Um, I really like avocado toast, which I always also always say, um, but I, uh, I've i been eating a little bit of fish lately, and that's just been making my body feel really good. I had some, like, wild-caught salmon um, that my friend made the other day, and that made me feel really good. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess those are the things I eat all the time and I really love. <laughs> if you could challenge everyone listening to this to let go of something, what would that be? Let go of feeling that you're not good enough. Just, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. Perfect. Last question. Your closet, is it packed or more minimalistic? It's super minimalistic. And also, I don't want this interview to end. Can we do this more? This is really fun. Isn't this a blast? I love doing this with you. (laughs) Me too. This is so much fun. Um, I can't wait to have you back on my podcast really soon because it's just an excuse for us to chat again. Yeah, I know. And just like regular Skype calls and... Anytime you want to pick up the phone, I'm right here. Totally. We should go on like some phone walks together. Yeah, phone walks. Phone walks, I love them. Me too. Okay, so everyone, like I said, if you want to get the show notes, definitely get a copy of the book. I'm halfway through it. I'm devouring it. I love mm-hmm. it. It's beautiful. So if you want to get a copy, either go into a nearby bookstore or you go to my show notes. You can order it online. Um, and... Let's see. I don't think I have any more announcements. I'm just uh, like I said. I when this is airing, I will be in Asia. So um, connect with me on my website. Uh, email me if you need anything or you have any questions. And make sure you're on my email list, my newsletter, because that's probably where I'm going to be giving more insights into my awesome excursions. Because a lot of the podcast episodes I will be releasing over the next month maybe two months, will be pre-recorded before the trip. So if you want to stay up to date with what's going on in Asia, follow me on Snapchat. Um, I am, yeah, you can find me on Snapchat. I think my name is Mind Body Musings. Pretty sure that's it. Um, and Instagram and Twitter and all that good stuff. Okay, so I enjoyed this. I love you, Katie, and I will see you guys next week. Love you more. Bye. Bye.